This Can Do Podcast is brought to you by Blake Albina Thoroughbred Services. Blake Albina is a full-service bloodstock agency and consignment company representing clients at every major horse sale in the country. For more information, call Ron Blake at 859-396-4836 or Hunsley Albina at 859-621-0800. Whether an experienced owner or a newcomer to the game, Blake Albina has the knowledge and experience to help you achieve your goals in the thoroughbred industry. I got the horse right here, the name is Paul Revere, and here's a guy that says if the web is clear, can do, can do. The Big Score segment of our podcast is brought to you by your friends at Endeavor Farm on Old Frankfurt Pike in the heart of the bluegrass. Every Big Score has its roots down on the farm. Boarding, breeding, foaling, layup care, and sales prep are all services offered by Terry Nickel and his team at Endeavor. You can reach Terry at 859-509-7035 or email him at terry at endeavorfarmky.com. That's E-N-D-E-A-V-O-R-F-A-R-M-K-Y.com. Thanks again to our friends at Endeavor Farm for sponsoring The Big Score. This is Bill Duncliffe. I want to welcome you back to Can Do the podcast about all things horse racing, some history, some handicapping, and some humor. Just like we did Kentucky Derby Week, I want to get you in a good frame of mind for the Preakness this weekend, so I thought I would share another big score story with you relating to this middle leg of the Triple Crown. I'm going to take you back to the Preakness of 2002. War emblem and proud citizen, in other words, Bob Baffert and D. Wayne Lucas, had just run 1-2 in the Kentucky Derby. Not exactly an unseeable combination back then, but somehow... And ended up paying $1,300 for the $2 exacta. Baffert and Lucas, $1,300. Think about that. With that kind of bewildered disappointment gamblers such as myself had in mind, the Triple Crown Traveling Circus moved to Baltimore for the Preakness. It's safe to say that at that time I was still evolving my handicapping tool set. It may actually be even more accurate to say I was in my infancy in my handicapping tool set. So my very simple eye was very simply drawn to the local horse, Magic Wisner, trained by Nancy Alberts. What I saw then was a horse who, one, had had some success at Pimlico, two, in his last eight races, had won six and run second twice, and three, in his last race, had run a closing second in the Federico Tessio Stakes at Pimlico. One thing has not changed, even as my handicapping has evolved. I'm always looking for long shots. My number one irritant any day of the track is people who are high-fiving each other when an eight-to-five favorite crosses the finish line first. Of course... For all I know, they're high-fiving because the horse was a key in a multi-race wager or some kind of vertical exotic. But my dark mind just wants to curse them for over-celebration when an obvious horse wins. So Magic Wisner certainly fit my eye then and probably still would do so now. Even as unschooled as I was regarding pace analytics back then, I did feel like the pace of the race was going to be strong and that Magic Wisner would be likely to benefit from a strong pace. What I really did not understand then, however, was how slow his races had been compared to the other horses in the race. Long after the race was over, I held on to my printed past performances from that race and kept them in the bathroom to occasionally scan over and reflect on happily when, well, otherwise occupied. It wasn't until, and I kid you not, a few years later that it dawned on me those races he ran were really slow. But I will also say now, as I felt strongly about then, there is a lot of value in a horse who knows his way to the finish line. Think about West Virginia bred late night powwow. Going into the Madison Stakes at Keeneland earlier this year, he was not even the favorite. Despite winning ninth straight and 11 out of 12 lifetime, the lone defeat when running second. 
I suppose before 7.20 or so Saturday evening, May 4th of this year, that would have applied to maximum security also, though, full disclosure, I didn't use him. Handicapper, heal thyself. But I can also take you back to a similar read I made on the 2001 Valley View Stakes at Keeneland. Chasson Poire had won three straight coming into that race. My naivete allowed me to ignore the fact that those races were at Louisiana Downs. My naivete, in fact, led me to a big score at 6-1 to on a horse who had won three straight, so sometimes a little naivete goes a long way. Like in the Preakness, talk about going a long way. Magic Wisner went off at an astounding 45-1 to and keyed a $327 exacto with the favorite war emblem repeating his derby triumph. Of course, we all know Longshot Sarava made even a bigger splash in the Belmont three weeks later at 70-1 to with War Emblem finishing out of the money, but I didn't have Sarava, so there's that. I did have Magic Wisner, though, and now I have the knowledge, as I'm sure many of you already do, that sometimes it pays to ignore the sophisticated analyses we might prefer and just focus on the heart that these athletes sometimes put on display. To this day, I have no idea what a Wisner is, but I will tell you this, it was certainly magic for me that day. Thanks for listening. Make sure to listen to our guest handicapper, Chris Lamry, this Friday. Give his breakdown of the race. Good luck with your picks in the race. And, of course, may the horse be with you.